You now tuned in to the Gunk Town Podcast. I'm your boy Doug B. We ain't got nothing to talk about, but we got something to talk about. Let's go. Good people, good people, good people. Welcome back to the Gumtown Podcast, episode 86. I'm your boy, Doug B. If you tuned in to this podcast, thank you for your time and your attention. I really appreciate you giving this podcast a shot. Today's guest is the founder and owner of Smoking Wells Barbecue, LLC. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I'm sure we'll all be inspired by his story. Let's chop it up with Chris Wellborn. Chris, how's it going, man? Hey, how you doing, Doug? Man, how's it going? Man, I'm good, man. Everything good your way? Oh, good, man. Blessed, healthy. Can't ask much more. Yes, sir. Glad to hear that. First things first, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to chop it up with me a few minutes. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us on, man. Uh, I'm always willing to speak with someone who's out there trying to better our communities and, and put someone like the small guys on, you know, so we appreciate it. Yes, sir. Of course, we're here to talk about Smoking Wells Barbecue LLC. But before we go there, let's get to know the man behind the brand. What's your story? Yeah, uh, you know, my name is Chris Wellborn. Uh, I grew up in a um, town called Eufaula, Alabama. Uh, I was raised by both my parents. Um, I have to mention them because they are a direct product of what you hear, hear and see today. They raised me and my two sisters in a loving environment. So I always feel <clears throat> I have to say something about them when I have the opportunity to. Um, from there, uh, I moved to Montgomery, uh, attended Auburn University of Montgomery in the late 90s. I graduated with a degree in business, computer information systems. Um, after graduation, I met my beautiful wife, my other half, who has pushed me and been very supportive of me um, and, you know, going along starting this business venture. Um, and who's also the mother of our two beautiful daughters, um, who we are very, very proud of. Um, and right now, uh, I also work full time for the Air Force as a contractor uh, alongside running Smoking Wells Barbecue. Yes, sir. Appreciate you sharing your story, man. So you say you're from Eufaula, Alabama. What was it like growing up in Eufaula? What was that city, that uh, that culture like down there in Eufaula? Yeah, actually, I loved it. You know, anybody ever been down there, you know, it's. It's more of a, uh, a small town feeling. I'm a small town guy. Uh, kind of everybody in the uh, the town kind of knows each other. Um, and everybody kind of helps out one there. So um, it's very historic. Uh, a lot of people, you know, drive from Georgia to Panama City. And there's a lot of the old colonial homes there. So uh, it's very beautiful around this time of the year. Um, you know, you see the flowers and blooming. So, and, you know, if you're a big fisherman, you know, we got all the fish down there that you want to catch. So um, I say if I didn't live anywhere else, I'll probably move back home to Eufaula, especially now since we got all this remote work going on. So um, if I had another place to live, it would probably be Eufaula. Wow, man. Yeah, man, I've driven through Eufaula en route to Albany, Georgia, passed through Eufaula and get, you know, I think it's called Georgetown, Georgia. Uh, right, right on the line. <laughs> right, yeah. right. So, uh, yeah. a lot of people go over there to play lottery tickets. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, now nah, it makes sense. It's right there, literally right across the bridge. So, I've I've been down that way. So, yeah, so so pretty much you had a a tight knit village down there. Like everybody knew everybody. It was a pretty good community down there. Yeah, it, it is, and that's sort of what um, I guess kind of inspired you know this business venture. You know, um, growing up, um, you know. We, I was very um, 
um, entailed with family. And, you know, with family, you know, we was all it was nothing for, uh, you know, my family or, you know, me and my sisters and my first cousins and my my aunts and uncles and my parents. It was nothing for us to uh, on a Saturday just uh, go up to my grandparents house and, you know, we all just meet and have a barbecue. And, um, you know, not only us, but other family members in the community would also show up. And I saw then that uh, food sort of brought people together. And that, to me, was uh, it gave me the idea that uh, hospitality and service, you know, we, we're always able to serve, whether it's our family or someone else's family. And I wanted to start a business that would actually give back. So that kind of what led me to uh, start the business I started, Smoking Wheels Barbecue. Wow, man. Those are some great memories, I bet, man. Just getting up on the weekend, going to see the grandparents. And they're like Granny House, man. Like, it's it's just magic when you go to Granny's house. You can't do no wrong. And Granny, <laughs> right. for real, like Granny be cooking good. And even, yeah. even when you get in trouble with your parents, your Granny be like, don't be uh, spanking my spanking my baby. And just good times, man. You know what I'm talking about. They're good oh, old. yeah. Yeah, my parents are like, yeah, my parents are the same way to my uh, kids now. So I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, man. Your kids got to wrap around their fingers, I bet. Yeah, they can't do any wrong. <laughs> That's amazing, man. And then you talked about moving from Ufala, coming up here to the Gump. You went to school at AUM. What was that college like, like for you? Uh, like, again, man, like I say, I'm a small town guy. And back then, I got to AUM in 1997. So... Um, a lot of people don't remember, but back then, AM was a relatively small school. You know, um, it wasn't as big as it was now. Um, so, and it was, I always say AUM back then was like a, 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 a big high school you can compare to now because everybody on campus knew each other. Um, all of your instructors knew you, pretty much knew you by name because the classes, you know, you didn't have any more than probably 30 people in a class. So, it was moving from high school to AUM was actually not a big adjustment for me anyway, because um, their environment was was not a big jump as opposed going from a uh, high school to a, uh, a college with, you know, two or three hundred students in it. And um, I, you know, I wouldn't trade those college days for anything. I really enjoyed uh, AUM. And that makes sense. And like you were just saying, just in terms of what AUM used to be in. Of course, I, I had no idea. Like, I always thought it was what it not not exactly what it is now, but I never I didn't know it was more like a big high school back in those late 90s. So it ended up being like a homeboy from home for you. If that that's a fair. Yeah, assessment. yeah it was. Uh, everybody, like I said, everybody on campus kind of knew each other. It was it was nothing for it to be on a Thursday night. We'll all be outside and, you know, just just hanging out sort of like we was back home, just hanging out with, you know, some of your best friends at home. So. Um, and like I say, AUM really has, it's really not a big school right now, but it's not as big as, a, as you may say, a ASU or, or a Tuskegee or, you know, some of the bigger schools of Troy, or Troy State University. But um, back then, it was really, really small. So it, it, it has changed a lot. Yes, sir. And just overall, like, and no matter what college you, you attend, whether it's, you know, HBCU or PWI, like you did as well, it's always great. Because it ends up being, being a big melting pot. You got people coming from all over the South, East Coast, West Coast, Midwest. And we all just come together on campus and we create those memories, those lifelong memories. And it sounds like AUM, y'all were tight knit. Y'all were kicking it on the yard, having a good time and develop some lifelong friendship. Oh, yeah. Friendship that uh, 
friendship that will never, ever stop. You know, yes. I can reach out to those same guys today. You know, we could probably pick up the phone and talk to each other like we, we just hung out the other day. So, um, you know, it's hard to, to find good friends like that. And I, and honestly, I, I'm still the, the, the guys that I was friends with back then. You know, I consider them friends now. So, you know, it's, you know, you find someone who's a good friend. It's you have to be appreciative of them. Absolutely. Without a doubt. So let's talk about Smoking Wells Barbecue. What products and services you offering over there? Yeah, right now, um, what we're doing, you know, we have uh, the catering service. Uh, our catering service, uh, what we do there is um, we cater to the public, which is, you know, we could be, uh, we can set our food truck up and, we can, you know, go on the side of the road and set it up and people can come and just, you know, buy from us. We set up at our church, uh, East Dale Baptist Church on Burbank. We, we can find us there. Also, what we do is we have uh, corporate catering. You know, our corporate catering is a little different because we market that um, side of our segment of our business to corporate companies. And we handle anywhere from 200 to 600 employees feeding that many at a time. So um, that's another market that we recently got into. And, and to be honest, it's probably our busiest market because there's a lot of uh, uh, businesses in Montgomery. Uh, a lot of manufacturing companies in Montgomery who um, they may have a large amount of employees and uh, the HR department is looking for ways to feed them. But, you know, the the people, they take their break and they may only have uh, 45 minutes to an hour and they come up with the dilemma. OK, how do we feed this many people in that short amount of time where we came up with a, um, a market to where we could come up with a menu to feed a large amount of people? in a small amount of time. So once the companies found out that, you know, that side of our business really, really took off. And, you know, we also do uh, weddings, um, um, birthdays, any kind of uh, special event that anyone may be having. So we, we relatively have like three segments right now, you know, the food truck, the corporate catering, and the uh, just the basic events that we do right now. Good stuff, man. Y'all, Y'all solving problems, solving them food problems, man. That's amazing. Like you say, a lot of manufacturing plants around here and the fact that you all were able to come in and provide that service for those short lunch, break, lunch breaks for those factory workers, man. That's amazing. So do you remember your your first paid event? And if so, what was it? What was the event and what were some of those feelings leading up to it? Yeah, the wow. Let me go back to my first event. <laughs> um, I think way back. Um, let me see. Who was it? I can remember. Um, well, actually, the first paid event I think I did for a uh, it was a wedding. It was in Troy, Alabama. And um, I don't I, I still to this day, I don't I don't know how they found me. It might have been a Facebook page, but um, it was my first event. Um, you know, me and my wife, and my parents, we all went down there. I had no idea what to expect. Uh, and it was probably around two to three hundred people. And you got to imagine oh, this is our first time really, you know, on a scale this large and, and more with more pressure. It's a wedding. So you really don't want to mess up. You know, you only have one shot with a wedding. So, um, you know, long story short, um, everything turned out great. Um, the people there, they loved it. Um, and, you know, it was just a blessing to, you know, to accomplish something like that. And that was my first aha moment that, I said, you know what, we can actually do this. This is something that we can actually do. You know, the pressure was put on, you know, straight out the gate. 
And I knew if I could handle that event, everything else that was going to come next was going to be easy relative to me. So that that was my first aha moment. You know, the big scare. OK, you're going to get thrown in. the You know, you're going to get thrown in the wild and we're going to see what you got. So, I, you know, we made it and we're still here. Man, that's for sure a high-pressure situation to jump right in out the gate. A wedding, because you got that right, man. If that food ain't right, that bride finna cut up, everybody yeah. finna feel it. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you're going to know exactly. So, you know, it's it's a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. I would say weddings are, are more, um, there's a lot more pressure on weddings because, you, you know, that's a day that uh, the bride, you know, and the groom, they're going to always remember. Um, and so we know we had a good time because everybody was dancing, everybody was laughing. Everybody's giving us high fives. So, you know, when you, you know, when you leave and everybody's happy, you know, that's, uh, you know, no one has to pat you on the back. You kind of see that you pretty much put a smile on everybody's face. So that that really uh, gave us the idea to keep going. Who knows if I had a did good, you know, I'm not sure what Smoking Wheels Barbecue would have been now. So, you know, it was just, you know, God, you know, he just led me through it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and it's I mean, I would venture to say God purposely put you out there in a high pressure situation to show you that you could do it. Like that's yeah. I mean, versus you starting out in in a, in a other in a different avenue where whereas you would have flourished either way. But I think that pressure, man, of course, you know, pressure to me, it either busts pipes or it makes diamonds. And it sounds like that very first event for you, it made a diamond because everybody was laughing. Everybody was having a good time because. To your point, that wedding, like that's something that you never forget. But hats off to you, man, for not backing down to the challenge because you could have walked away from it too. But the fact that you was able to, you know, stick your chest out and go make it happen, man, hats off to you for real. Yeah, appreciate it. Yes, sir. So, what would you say was the first dish you mastered on the grill, man? Like, I know you're a beast on the grill because you you tell you come in uh cook five tailgates many times, man. So, what would you say that first dish you mastered on the grill? Yeah, that's that's a real good question because uh, I can remember I was living uh, over in Village Green Apartments. You know, I was dating my wife. We weren't married at the time, and it was uh, it was Valentine's Day, and uh, I didn't have I didn't have any idea what I wanted to cook. So uh, I went out to Win Dixie. There used to be old Win Dixie to uh, open over there uh, across from Fraser Church, and uh, I went. I just bought you know a cheap uh, rack of baby bat ribs and. I can remember I had this little small grill, you know, the it was, grill was so small, the ribs probably as big as, as the grill, you know, it was so small, but I cooked it and she loved it. And, you know, she said, you know, this, this is good. This is, you know, this is better than, you know, uh, you know, the Jim and Nick's or all these restaurants right here. So uh, that was actually the first thing I can remember cooking that someone actually kind of said, you know, this is, this is good. You you know, you're better than the average uh, barbecue cook that we always eat. You know, we always eat from. So um, that was my first dish that kind of just made me start thinking, putting those ideas in my head. Good stuff, man. Well done. You went right across the street. I remember that one day right over there by Village Green. And uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. Now, nah, good stuff, man. So let's get more on side more side to the, the business aspect. Let's talk about the aha moment, action and audacity. And those are the three things I like to talk about whenever I have entrepreneurs on the platform like yourself. Take me back to the aha moment when you first had the idea to take your love for cooking and turn it into a business. Um, the first time that I think that um, I had that big moment was I can remember doing a family reunion 
for uh, my family. Um, and, it's, you know, we don't have a small family. We have family from all over, you know, Ohio, Florida, uh, Alabama, New York. And, you know, everybody came home to Ufala to, uh, you know, to, you know, to all fellowship, you know, have a good time. So, you know, a lot of times nobody really wants to, you know, so it's always led up to one person doing all the work. So I think I had to cook for possibly two days. That was a fish fry day. That I had to fry it. I had to fry fish. The next day we had to uh, do barbecue and it's a lot of work. And I told myself, um, if I can make it through this, if I can get through these two days of basically catering for my family, I know that I can make it out there doing it for somebody else because, you know, your family's going to be, you know, some family members are not going to be honest with you, but you know, if you got good family members, they're going to tell you the truth. If they don't like it, they're not going to eat. So, you know, I would go around and look, you know, there will be no leftovers. So right then and there, I said, well, I know if I can get, if I can get them to eat, then I must have something that I could take out on the road and possibly make a living on. So that was, the, that was really the first moment that I knew that I had something special. Man, another high pressure situation, the family reunion, you had to throw down for the family. And like you said, family going to keep it. Well, most family, they're going to keep it real with you. They're going to be like, nah, that ain't it. But the very fact yeah. that you, <laughs> but the very fact that you held your own at the family reunion makes a lot of sense. And I definitely, I definitely can see how that would have sparked the idea. Like, Hey, I can do this for myself. Like you said, to your point, good stuff. So from the time you had the aha moment and you realized you could possibly take this out on the road, how long did it take you to get started in business, come up with a logo, a name and all that good stuff? Oh man. It seemed like it took forever because, um, believe it or not, I sat on the fence for a very, very long time for a very long time. Uh, you know, it, it was so hard really getting into the business because uh, even if you had a food truck, you still had to find a commissary. And that part of the game was just so difficult. So um, uh, it took a, a long time to really push myself to get out there and really say, OK, uh, this is what I didn't want to grow old and having what ifs. What if I had a did that? So, um, you know, me and my wife, we had a long discussion about it. Um, and we say, you know what, what we're going to do is we're going to start off with this little grill, a pull behind grill that we pull behind our truck. Um, it wasn't a lot of uh, upfront money to put into it, but we knew if we could make it with that, then we could go to the next level. So uh, I remember buying that little small grill, paid for it, um, and it relatively became easy to me that I needed to take my skills to the next level, which led to me getting a food truck and which currently led to me where I am today. So um, I guess the answer to your question is it took it, it took me a long time to figure out that this is what I needed to do. But once I figured it out, there was there was no turning back. Yes, sir. No, you definitely answered the question. And it's all good. I definitely can understand um, you taking a while just to figure things out. And it's all good. It really, to me, it's not the length of time that matters. Like that question is always important because I'm just, I'm just always curious as to everybody's thought process from the time you have an idea, how long it take, how long it take you to take action. And you said something very key. And I think that's what pushes me to go at the ventures and things of that nature. Just that what if man, that regret, because that's one thing I, that's one thing I, I don't want to deal with. Like, I don't want to be 90 years old looking back like, man, right. what if so, what yeah. if, man? That's that's a that's a million dollar question, and and it it pushed forward a lot of great ideas, and it sounds like it was a huge catalyst for you. 
getting started and getting that small grill and now having the food truck. Good stuff. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I can remember. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't live with you know growing old and looking back and saying, "Man, what if I had a did that?" Mm-hmm. You know. But I can remember now. Just think about the question you asked. It took me honestly, Doug. It took me probably about two years to actually make that jump. You know, it took me about two years. You know, just sitting and thinking about, uh, okay, I gotta have a perfect logo. You know that. You know, my wife did our first logo for our uh, business. And, you know, uh, she put that together relatively quick. She's good at that type of stuff. But, you know, uh, going from a logo to finding the, I guess I'm a perfectionist. I had to have a perfect grill. I had to have, a, you know, I want the perfect logo. I want the perfect food truck. And all that just going in your mind, you know, that just took me probably about, I would say, two to three years just getting that stuff just on paper and just going forward with it, man. Just, you know, it's a lot of thinking because Anybody in the food business know that um, it's it's a very very tough business, and if you ain't if you're not gonna step out there and be right with it, then you might well not do it at all. Yes, sir, for sure. Trust me, man. I'm in the same boat in terms of being a person that overthinks, want everything to be perfect, want everything to be right. But I found something out a long time ago, Chris. It's never gonna be the right time. It's never gonna be perfect. It's never gonna be the right weather outside. You just gotta go and right. You took two years to figure things out and hats off to your wife for coming up with the logo and getting that rocking and rolling. And the most important thing is you got started. You don't have to grow old and look back and say, what if I started smoking well because you did it? And that's really what it all comes down to. Come come down to is like facing those fears, understanding like, hey, something might go wrong. And if it do, I'll learn something from it because to be honest with you, if everything goes right all the time in our areas of our life, we never get a chance to learn. Like, and so those are lessons that, that come along with the journey. And I'm pretty sure, and I'm pretty sure there are people sitting out there now, listening to this podcast that sitting on an idea, overthinking, thinking it's going to be perfect. Thinking it's got to be, it got to be 100% correct. And that's just not the nature of just not how things go. But I understand why you want things to be perfect. Like you said, in the food business, you, you got to be on point. However, just like the food business, any other idea, you just got to get out there. And eventually you got out there and you've been rocking and rolling ever since. Yeah, just do it. That's, you know, that's the same thing I tell our kids. And like you you raised a good point there. You're going to have problems. I can't think of one time that I've been on a food event where we didn't have problems. We didn't leave something that was very important. You know, um, it's just the bumps and grinds of the business. I think any successful entrepreneur is going to tell you, um, they have been it's been time where they kind of probably want to quit. But, you know, you, you know, you just have to grind it out. You know, you got to be a beast about it and just walk through it. And, you know, just keep going. Put your head down and just keep going. You know, although I can remember back to many, many nights of just staying up to, you know, three or four o'clock, then having to go to work the next day because I'm smoking, you know, smoking meats. You know, um, that that's where the hard work and dedication comes from. You know, if you if you know you can stand those times and and putting in that much work and effort, then you know everything else is gonna be. When you arrive to the show, you know it's just it's just everything else is simple and easy. Yes, sir, no doubt. So you had your aha moment, and you took a couple of years to get the action, get the port, get that action portion going. So the bridge that connect those two events, in my opinion, I like to call it audacity. It takes audacity to not only have an idea, take action on it, but put it out there to the world to be praised or criticized who or what gave you that courage that audacity to get started yeah 
I would say, uh, like I said, uh, first and foremost, you know, it been our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, I know um, back then, I would say it was more my wife, and because you know she always uh, said that you know that she was in it, we, we were in this thing together, and we was gonna just make it or break it. And um, you know, I have to give her, you know, a lot of uh, praise for being there with me because you know we didn't know and. The I would say the second was, um, would be uh, here lately. Uh, I would say during the COVID, you know, I dedicated uh, more of my time to um, just becoming closer with the Lord. And what I've learned more during this time of COVID is, you know, the more time that uh, I put toward um, my relationship with the Lord, the, the more things that he shows me that I need to do in my life and in the business uh, because um, he's first and foremost. When I give all my time to him, then he's going to open doors for us. So uh, I would say that I trust in the Lord and um, that's where I get um, a lot of my audacity from because uh, I know if I, you know, the Bible said we shouldn't fear. So every time I put that, I'm not going to fear anything, no matter what the, the circumstances are. I'm going to just keep going and he's going to lead and guide me through whatever situations that may come, whether it's good or bad. You know, I'm just going to trust in him through it. Good stuff, man. Powerful stuff. Spot on. Uh, keeping God first and shout out to the missus for believing in you and just and just instilling that belief in you. And uh, it's, 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 it's nothing like having a supportive spouse that that praises you, but holds you accountable and just reminds you that you can do it, man. That's amazing stuff. Oh, thank you. Yes, sir. So Smoking Wells Barbecue, you've done great things. I know great things are coming down the pipeline, which leads to my next portion, vision. What are your short-term and long-term goals for the business? Yeah, right now, short-term goals is um, what I would like to do is, uh, this is, you know, with 2023 just starting out, you know, what I would like to do is uh, we have the food truck right now, but um, right now I would like to have sort of like, a, you know, Uber right now is uh, Uber Eats is pretty big. It's a big platform that people can order food from. And what I'm working on is short-term goals is possibly getting our barbecue on uh, a platform like Uber Eats or DoorDash. So people can just order from us directly and we could have a delivery driver bring it to their home directly. So that'll free up time for us when we're at a big event and we can't make it there. They could just take it from our facility and um, deliver it to the uh, customer. Um, long-term goals. Uh, it's a big long-term goal, but I would like to see um, our barbecue. And I would like to see it in some of the, the local restaurants. I would like to see it, um, well, not local restaurants, but some of the local uh, grocery stores, um, like some of your uh, your Renfro's or maybe in your Publix or your Winn-Dixie or your Piggly Wiggly's, you know, having it um, um shrink wrap and store it in there and people can go in there and just buy it just like you go in there and buy any other uh, um, barbecue that's on the shelf in there you know that's maybe a long-term goal uh, that i've thought about really hadn't put a lot of attention into it but you know it has crossed my mind from time to time you know i would like to be a uh, more of a um not gonna say uh international but a u.s um brand that a lot of more in the southeast, you know, we, a lot of the people in the southeast would know about Smoking Wells Barbecue in these southern states. And, you know, that's just more of a long term goal that we have. 
Yes, sir. Why not? Those are some great short-term and long-term goals, and I have no doubt you'll make them all come to fruition. I appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. As we wrap up the podcast, I want to ask a million-dollar question. I started this podcast to highlight the greatness connected with Montgomery, whether you are from here or lived here for a significant period of your life. You come here to attend school at AUM and still residing here. I want to ask you, what do you appreciate the most about the Gump? Yeah, that's a real good question. Um, what excites me about Montgomery is the rich history and seeing how far it has grown. Um, as we look back at where things came from, you know, um, the city of Montgomery, um, you know, I look around, the city is full of young entrepreneurs, you know, like myself, um, who are not sitting back waiting on things to happen, you know, but we are, you know, we're making things happen, uh, especially in the black community where, you know, 20 years ago, you didn't see uh, an influence of many black businesses flourishing as we do today. Um, so now we have opportunities to, you know, to push down, you know, to pass down the uh, generational knowledge and gener generational wealth and bridge that gap, which is much needed. Um, you know, and I also like to see the unity of, you know, the blacks and whites uh, working together, um, you know, to bring about change and uh, in the city, you know, because we only progress in unity. Uh, I think that, you know, the more we're unified, you know, the farther we're going to go uh, in this culture and in, in the city. Yes, sir. Absolutely. I agree 100 percent. So, Chris, how can people connect with you? What are your social media handles and website? Yeah, on Instagram, it's uh, uh, Smoking Wells Barbecue. Um, on Facebook, it's, it's the same, Smoking Wells Barbecue LLC. And um, they can reach out uh, on the if they want to email us. They can email us at info at com, Or if they want to give us a call, they can give us a call at 334-695-2168. We'd be happy to hear from them. Yes, sir. And of course, I'll put all of that contact information in the description of the episode. Hey, Chris, thanks again for the conversation, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, man, we appreciate what you're doing. You know, I uh, applaud what you're doing. I think this is, you know, it takes a lot of courage to do what you're doing. So, you know, I'm going to continue to pray for you and what you're doing, man. And what you're doing is 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 great. You know, you're, you're giving everybody a platform for um, for people who, you know, small people like myself who really don't, not on the channel, you know, the big, the news channels, you know. So I, I really thank you for not only myself and all of the, the podcasts that I've listened to. So, you know, I appreciate what you're doing. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Good people. That concludes another dope episode of the Gumtown Podcast. In the meantime, in between time, y'all know what to do. Be blessed. Be safe. But most importantly, have the audacity to be you. Gone. Thanks again for tuning in. I appreciate your time and your attention. Until next time.